Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. And I'm excited to have as my guest for this episode, Marilyn August. Marilyn is a profit-attracting expert. She's the founder of Profit GPS, a social selling, done-for-you marketing and training firm specializing in LinkedIn, personal branding, and lead generation. Marilyn marries her marketing skills with her sole purpose to help business owners live richly fulfilled lives. As a professional speaker and business development consultant, she speaks on personal branding when you are the brand. And let's face it, as a speaker, you are the brand. Her sales genius mindset program, Go for the Gold, guides the audience on how to break through the price objection. Merlin's sales and marketing strategies have been used for over 20 years to dramatically increase her clients' revenues. Like a GPS, she navigates the most direct strategies for closing more deals and making more money. Welcome, Marilyn August, to the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Delight, delight that I was invited. I feel honored. Well, I'm excited to have you here because I do want to dive into your expertise on LinkedIn and a little bit later in the program okay. and have you share some pearls of wisdom there. But I want to talk first about your speaking journey a little bit. So, when did you first become a speaker? What prompted that move into the whole crazy world that is speaking? And it is a crazy world, particularly nowadays. So what prompted me was really, I'm just going to be brutally honest. It's still the best marketing tool out there. Um, it's, I love doing it. I loved uh, my backgrounds in training and development. I was a corporate trainer. And I guess the teacher in me uh, loves to be up there with people listening to me. But frankly, um, what motivated the journey to speaking is, and it's still true today, um, it is the best marketing tool. And I learned rather quickly that it's not about the time that you're on the stage. It's about you're having an entire strategy set up for you know, after you're on the stage, because of course, even in those days, when I first started a long, 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 long time ago, uh, nobody wanted to be sold from a platform. And I think that's even more prevalent today. Well, that raises a question because in my mind, Marilyn, there are three primary types of speakers. One is the keynote speaker that we're all familiar with, play defeat, mm -hmm. go into a corporation or an association and deliver a talk. 
The second is what I call the platform seller. So they deliver content and then at the end they make a pitch for some type of continuing education, consulting, coaching, whatever it may be. And the third is just the business builder speaker. So it could be a chiropractor, a financial planner, whatever, but they're going to speak to local chambers or rotaries or lions clubs or whatever, share some expertise. And then hopefully when people have a need for their type of product or service, they will seek them out because they've established themselves as the expert in their local area. So which of those arenas do you or have you played in? And if more than one, which one do you like the best? Well, I've played in all three. And um, I will have to tell you that the one, let me start with the one I like the least, which was actually the keynote speech. Hmm. And the reason I like that the least is there was the least audience interaction. It was an after-dinner speech at an, uh, uh, an award ceremony, and they actually dimmed the lights so I couldn't see the audience. So when speakers tell you that they get their energy from the audience, some of us do really get our uh, speaking, our energy from the audience. So it's been both a business builder in your category and a way to establish my expertise. Um, and also a way to touch the hearts, if just a little bit of more and more people than you would uh, say you and I are here, but we really, this was before the internet when I started doing this. And it was the only way to really interact with large numbers of people. Mm -hmm. So as a business building speaker, you, you mentioned that you have the, need to develop that rapport with the audience and all that and see them and to get their reactions and all that stuff. So what are your best tips for building rapport with an audience? Well, first of all, you know, there's nothing new here, knowing your audience. I think audience rapport building has changed a whole bunch in the, particularly post COVID. I think it has changed. Uh, and I think that people really, uh, Starting being personal. Um, I just did this morning for the first time a very personal post on LinkedIn. Uh, I did tie it to a business concept. But I think being, you know, the word authentic is so overused. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I kind of cringe. But your why, why are you speaking in the first place? So there's, there's ego-driven speaking. I'm just thinking this up, making this up as I go a lot. I'm so smart and you need to know this right now. Right. Or they're speaking from the heart, which is, this has been my experience. Um, I'd like to be able to help you avoid this or help you walk through it too. One of the things that bothers me, and maybe this is off topic, but I just have to say it, is I don't like to hear speakers get up and say, uh, basically, this is what I did. Just do what I do, and you too will be a millionaire or something like that. Um, that kind of hypey type of uh, inauthenticity, you know, I call it millionaire in a minute speakers. Um, <laughs> just bother me personally, and I'm sure the audience is immune to that now. But I forgot the, the question you asked is begin with being real. And if you don't have it, a real 
reality to you and you, I'm gonna call it substance and are using somebody else's material, find your own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that, does that answer your question? I don't know if I went off. Hey, hey, we'll, go, we'll go whichever direction the wind <laughs> blows us here. So that's fine. So, you know, what, what I was going to say, one of my, I don't know if it's a pet peeve or whatever, but if I hear another speaker say, I don't tell this to impress you, but to impress upon you, I think I'm yeah. going to choke. I mean, I just, yeah. like, it, oh, it, God, not again. <laughs> we're, on, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. You just said it in a better way than I said it. Um, it, it there's a certain arrogance that is a turnoff these days. I think we're, we're past the uh, guru stage um, for people being on stage. And authentic is a word that's used too much as well. But being genuine and having something to say, I even say it when people are posting, if you've got nothing to say, say nothing. Yeah. You know, what's the, what's the phrase, you know, better to keep your mouth shut and let them think you're stupid than to open your mouth and prove that you're stupid, right? Right, right. <laughs> so um, I also think um, it's, it's, takes. You know, I often tell people I can teach you a lot of things, but I can't teach you to care. Mm -hmm. So I think people pick up your energy um, on stage, particularly on stage. Um, and I'll give you an example of what I need. So, you know, I'd be on stage speaking and inevitably, and you've probably heard this one too. Somebody will come up to me afterwards and say, um, gosh, Marilyn, I loved your talk. I want to do what you do. And I'd say, okay, are you willing to spend 10 years learning how for the 20 minutes that you're on the stage? Yeah. So there's too much of, oh, I can do that. I'll just hop, you know, I have nothing to say, but I'll, I'll get on the stage. Well, how many of us have ever sat in an audience and said, man, that should be me up on this stage. I'm a better speaker than that person. And, you know, I do have some some information I could share that would help people out. I mean, you've got to overcome that fear, that introvertedness or whatever it may be, because if you truly have a message worth sharing, you're doing an, in, a, an injustice, a disservice to people if you don't get up on that stage. And that's something that, you know, certainly I had to overcome because I'm a fairly introverted person myself. And, you know, I was happy being the behind the scenes guy for many years, but eventually it's like, you know, Brett, you need to overcome that and get up in front of the room too. So you obviously have been doing this for a long time. So as a, as a well-groomed, long-time professional in this industry, Marilyn, if you're going to pick maybe three things that you would focus on as the biggest keys to your success as a speaker, and you can't use authenticity here, what would those three things be? Well, first of all, I have I have hired and, and several coaches and several different um, people uh, who have expertise. Mm -hmm. So I think I agree with you. You, if you've got a fear of speaking, jump on stage. But I would recommend that you have training, that you have availed yourself of people who know what they're doing. Now, there's some in the industry that I wouldn't bother with, but there's others who are excellent. And um, the 
the second, so so get get some expertise, get some training. Mm -hmm. um, in other words, you don't don't blow it up. Um, don't be that person. Don't have people sitting in the audience saying, "I could do that better than you." Okay. Uh, number one, number one, get a mentor. What's number two? Get a mentor too. Number two is understand that speaking is edutainment. You know, Disney coined the word edutainment. Um, I think when I first started speaking, the teacher and me was in the front seat and the entertainer was in the back seat. Mm -hmm. So people expect, particularly nowadays, where entertainment is on 24-7, don't forget that it's edutainment. So there's a marketing piece here in how you present what you have to say. Um, if you say in 30 words that can, what can be said in 20 words, so work on, work on your presentation. Mm -hmm. It needs to be honed in. And I would say, and this is probably a different category, but same thing as the presentation category, sixth grade language and leave the jargon at the door. So that's number two is the presentation is key. Okay. Number three. And number three is craft your follow-up carefully so that you're inviting an invitation for follow-up rather than pitching. Have your follow-up Ready. So, so a professional speakers these days may make a quote unquote living from their speaking. And there are celebrity speakers and A list and B list speakers that, you know, make well into the six and seven figures. I'm talking about the person who is, who for speaking is a revenue stream, but that there are other revenue streams. So have your strategy honed to the point where whoever organizes this thing would ask you back again because you're not pitching. I call it slap pitching. So avoid slap pitching from the stage. Or as I was told, I mean, even 10, 15 years ago, uh, well, yeah, we'd love to have you speak, but uh, no selling from the podium. Mm -hmm. So avoid, I, I personally have turned it. I cringe when I hear a speaker selling from the podium. Well, that's certainly a big part of the industry, and there are many events where you know they have that's that's a key component, and that's how the event promoter is going to make their money. So it's it's not going away. Certainly, I think the major thing is you got to make sure you're delivering great content, and you know it, it, the content should be first and foremost in what you can deliver to that audience that's going to help them along their journey. Now, in an environment where you can't sell from the platform, it should be a seamless transition from the content portion to the pitch or whatever you want to call it. And honestly, if, if you truly, you know, you, you can't deliver everything you know to an audience in, in 60 minutes or 90 minutes or whatever. So although I've you tried, know, you know, to have that invitation <laughs> where they can work with you more isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're truly going to deliver value. But you got to handle it carefully. I mean, there's events I've been involved with that truly became known as Pitch Fest. And you don't want to get that reputation, uh, you know, as an event promoter, certainly. But it's one of those things that, you know, pitching events are not going to go away, certainly. So 
you know, people well, want to decide if that's there, if that fits them or not, obviously. So let me give you an example, maybe of what I'm talking. I'm not saying that you're not making yourself available for follow-up and that you aren't having available for you what programs that you have to follow on, because obviously you can't deliver any everything in a in a an hour speech even. So um, one of the things I advised the clients to do was to have a sign-up sheet on each table so that if people wanted to seek them out after the event, they had a place to immediately sign up beside your business cards and besides whatever freebie you're, you're giving away. Right. Obviously, you you know want to have your book available and all that uh, if you have a book to sell. Um, but what I meant is, you know, you, the kind of, um, in your face kind of pitching, but a, a subtle way to do it so that I call marketing an invitation uh, and so that you're receiving invitations for follow-up rather than you're saying, um, you have to do my course or you have to hire me. Uh, people will seek you out. If the pre, you're absolutely right, if the presentation is um, intriguing and interesting and effective mm -hmm. and establishes your credibility, they will seek you out. They'll, they'll be a line after you. I always talk when I tell that, you know, there was a line after I would speak and have just have in your mind and perhaps an action step. But I found that leaving something on the table for them to take immediate action was mm -hmm. very effective. So you touched on something a little bit earlier, Marilyn, and I want to dive into a little bit further, and that's the whole issue of content and how much content one should deliver, because I tend to have an issue with making sure I don't, you know, overtrain or whatever, try to pour too much into a 30 or 60 or however long the period is content. So how do you determine how much content is the right amount of content for what you're doing? You know, you're talking to the choir here because I am certainly guilty of that. Uh, there was a time when I, I, I thought I could do that. I wasn't expert enough in that. So here's what works. For example, I have a talk on uh, overcoming price objections. Overcoming price objections is a very complex topic, but what I've done is break it into three steps. So having a list. Lists are easy for people to follow and understand. So by having the list, it disciplines me more so than the audience to know where I'm where I'm going with this talk. I also um, encourage people if I know everybody's using PowerPoint slides these days. I actually started talking without PowerPoint slides, believe it or not. I was speaking without them, and a lot of professional speakers have left them by the wayside. But if you're going to have a slides behind you, my suggestion is that they have other than words on them. Mm -hmm. They might have images or animation or something interesting because frankly, people can read. They don't need you to read a whole bunch of text. It's boring right. um, and a little bit insulting. So um, one of the keys, if is to have it's your talk structured in such a way that the discipline, like for you and me, we have so much to say, is 
in the list and in the content and the way it's organized. And I, I'm finding that that will keep me on track and I call it overfeeding. I tend to overfeed because I want everybody to get everything right, right. now. That's taken me 20 years to learn. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I, you are, you know, guilty as charged here. <laughs> All right. I have a couple other areas I wish to explore with you. And we'll do that right after we have a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show and my guest, Marilyn August. So Marilyn, I want to dive into your sweet spot, so to speak, your area of expertise, which is LinkedIn to a large extent, although I know you know a whole lot more than that. But uh, obviously, speakers need to have a LinkedIn profile and all that. So maybe talk about some of the key mistakes you see speakers make or anybody make on their LinkedIn profile and some keys to success, so to speak, which will be the opposite of those mistakes, but... We'll go that we'll go that route. Okay. Well, gosh, you have another two or three hours now. I'm just kidding. Uh, so many mistakes. Um, lately, LinkedIn has finally quoted the stats that 98% of profiles basically are lousy. I could have told LinkedIn that a couple of years ago. But to go to the positive, if any you know profession needed a LinkedIn personal brand, which is what your profile is. It's speakers because they are the brain. So when you are the brand, your your profile is critical. So what are the key elements? You know, remember in the old newspaper days, we used to talk about the headline above the fold. Mm -hmm. So that graphically branded background, or it's called a cover, is critically important for branding. I see, I still see defaults, even with speakers. Uh, I see them blank. Just this morning, I was talking to somebody that had one word on his on his graphic. And then the opposite extreme is I see them crowded with everything everybody they do. Mm -hmm. The best one, and I haven't, you know, your listeners or viewers are happy to have my uh, LinkedIn tips and scripts. I have it, and in my speaking, I have it one word, particularly with speakers, where show the speaker speaking, you know, get an image up there of you doing what you do, uh, your tagline. So that's number one, because we are so visual today. That has to grab attention. The photo, need we both say that a photo, you know, an image photo is worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot tell you the lousy photos I still see on LinkedIn. Now, speakers aren't as guilty of this, and I'm going to use the word guilty, but it it just amazes me what works and what doesn't work on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, just in my, in my speaking, I show an array of six photos, just a quick illustration. And I put what I thought was a ringer in there. You know, every, and the question to the audience is, which I'm based just on this photo, 
and the fact that you've made an instant decision seeing these photos, which person would you never do business with? And it's animated and the slides come in. And they always pick, and it just shocked me, the guy with a brick background. Hmm. There's He's in front of a brick wall. It is not the ringer I put in there. I put a different one in that I thought for sure everybody would choose. But I've done this program over and over and over again. And it's the background of your photo that helps, that has people make an instant decision. Hmm. It's Yeah, I was shocked too. I was so surprised. I gotta go and look at my link. I gotta go look at my LinkedIn page. <laughs> it's just surprised me. And um I can show you the slot because you would have never picked that guy. You would have picked somebody else. Okay. I deliberately put somebody else in there. I was sure they were all gonna, you know, control the audience. So much for that. So the photo is critically important. Um a couple other points about the photo. If you're looking I think it is if you're looking left, you're looking away from the page mm -hmm. rather than looking towards your profile. And the other point I want to make is LinkedIn had a time, they've gotten rid of it, where you could record an audio message that came on when people looked at your profile. It automatically came on. They have eliminated that now, but I haven't heard a good one yet. And so I got rid of mine. Um, I was giving away my LinkedIn tips and scripts in mine, but I didn't like it. Okay, so if you've got that and it's a pitch, I don't know, take another look if it helps your brand, but LinkedIn got rid of it for a reason. You know, I'm just saying. Right. And you want one more? Sure, one more sure. I could go on, like I say, for days. Think of your headline as the headline in a newspaper. That's what's going to grab attention. Um, headlines with a lot, a lot. Boy, I wrote a post on being a jargon junkie. And I had a client tell me, you know, Marilyn, you are a jargon junkie. And I said, what are you talking about? Because I'm very careful. I'm writing a post about don't be a jargon junkie. And he said, do you use the word bot? And I thought to myself, bot, that's not jargon. And she says, I don't know what that means. And my whole point in my post is people weren't going to ask you what your jargon meant. They weren't going to do business with you. Turned out she didn't know that meant robot. So even I was guilty. Yeah. So when you see one of those headlines with all those letters after your name for the name, 90% of the people don't know what those letters mean and uh, frankly, really don't care. I, I agree with you entirely on that one. So. <laughs> so you could have every certification in the world and it's just a distraction. Um, also, make your headline action instead of titles, hmm. you know? And then the branding, the personal branding is your about section. The most important part of your profile is your about section. And that's the part that I spend the most time in energy writing because we're all too close to our forest to see our trees. 
Yeah, without a doubt. So why don't you tell people, Marilyn, a little bit more about what it is that you do and how they can go pick up your LinkedIn tips and scripts that you have mentioned here today. Okay, well, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, Marilyn August, and just send me a message and ask, say tips and scripts, or there's a link right under my profile. It says schedule a session, but you don't have to schedule to get your LinkedIn tips and scripts. You can just um, say, hey, all I want is the tips and scripts. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> all right. Well, we will make sure that you know how to connect with Marilyn in the show notes down below this episode. So let's move on to my my favorite question to ask my guests, Marilyn. That's bury, it's, it's bury your soul time right now. You know, fess up about some mystique, speaking mistake that you made somewhere in your journey that was maybe embarrassing at the time, but a valuable lesson was learned. And it would be something that you highly advise aspiring speakers not to do. Well, I think I'm going to go back to the keynote um, as my major mistake that I did not ask enough questions bef before the engagement. I was just so surprised uh, that they invited me. I mean, to keynote at an award ceremony, that's not normally my thing. In fact, I had to write a speech to do that and um, it was a quick, it was, I was a, a second choice to be honest with you. Their first speaker got ill, so I was the second choice. So not asking enough questions and speaking on a topic that wasn't really mine, that I just accommodated the, yeah. um, I accommodated the opportunity without adequate information. And I think I'm probably more, that's probably been the main thing. Um, and probably the lesson learned from that is it's okay to say no. Okay to say no, better to say no than to mess with your brand. Yep, yep. I, I could tell stories about people killing brands and the blink of an eye. But, really, I'd love to hear them because that's what I'm all about is, you know, personal branding. And I tell people that all the time, you know, brand crushers. I, I, I've i got some good ones and maybe I'll share them on do. the show sometime. But, I would yeah. love to hear them. So please share them. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Marilyn, for being my guest on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. As always, thank you, everybody out there for listening or watching. Get on over to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com and register with your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business. Thank you.